Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode 11. I'm your host, Jermaine Colon Mendez, and this is my co host, Nicholas Morahan. Hi, everybody. Uh, yeah, so we uh, we're trying a new uh, format for this week, uh, and it'll be moving forward. So, we're going to give you uh, two episodes a week moving forward on Podcast Room 303. Uh, rec- look, looking to record uh, Monday and Thursday, Jermaine, isn't that what we talked about? Correct, with a Tuesday and Friday release. Uh, we're gearing up for the, re- the, you know, we've been alluding to the return for what feels like 10 weeks now, but we're gearing up towards the return. I think it actually act- has been 10 weeks. Well, yeah, one episode a week. I, I you know, I just played dumb, was, acting like I quick, didn't know. That was quick math. Quick math, you know, that's what I like to call adult math. Uh, <laughs> and so we're gearing up towards uh, the actual return of sports where we'll be putting out picks on social media as well as on the pod. Um, just remember, podcast room 303 motto, fade us if you want to make money. Yeah, that's, you wanna, that's if a, you that's... like, If you're a misery kind of guy and you like company and you want to just roll with us, then by all means. That's that's the best way to build your bank account. I had a lot of money in my five dimes account, and then after MLB season bets in UFC two fifty one, which we'll get to later in the show, um, I have I have zero money now. So let's see if I can win some of it back. Hopefully, so we'll give you some of those those later in the show. We'll also talk about uh, a little bit with. Uh, the NCAA and some of the the moves that their power five schools have done. And then we'll give you a little fun segment at the end where we try to guess the name of uh, two storied franchises that might be renaming. (laughs) Anyways, on to today's trivia. We're uh, steadily maintaining. uh, Actually, we're steadily decreasing our blow rate because we're, you know, you know, two out of 10 where we messed up. So that's about a, (laughs) 20 percent blow rate nowhere near historic levels aka <laughs> aka the coal spectrum <laughs> hall of fame tier <laughs> all right nick what's today's a trivia question so i don't know if you may have heard jermaine but uh there was a certain player in the nfl who received a very sizable uh offer sheet from the team that he's currently currently employed by tony romo and uh cbs uh, no, that was very sizable, but that's not the deal I'm referring to. Obviously, I'm referring to uh, Patrick Mahomes and his uh, half a Billy contract. So in honor of that, we ask you the question, which NFL player has made the most money from contract salary alone? Again, which NFL player has made the most money from contact, cron- contact, Jesus, contract salary alone slow is smooth smooth is fast and uh who knew contract was such a hard word for you to say it's yeah. michael strahan isn't it uh I mean, it is not it is not michael strahan every single person that i found on this list is from the same position if that helps you guys at all fullback Boom. Mike Allstott is the leader. No, that's that's not. We'll give you the answer at the end of the show. Uh, John Kuhn. Oh, dude, you, you stole my name. How dare you? Uh, what's his name? Juszczyk. Kyle, Kyle Juszczyk. U- Kyle Juszczyk. That's right. <laughs> so, Jermaine, I got sent, this, uh, I got sent this, this video by Nevada that I need to send you. Um, 
It Nevada, is... you call him Nevada because you guys really love Zombieland or you guys saw it together? So a podcast listener, podcast aficionado, longtime uh, fan, longtime listener, no-time caller, uh, Nevada Putnam, one of my longest friends and best friends in this entire world. Uh, no, it is not a Zombieland thing. I call him... I call him, everyone calls him Nevada because that is his first name. Nevada, he is called Nevada because his parents conceived him in the great state of Nevada. Oh, they not be the fucking in Nevada. Not the town you think. It was not Las Vegas. Fallon. Um, no, it was not Fallon either. Reno. Negative. Well, I'm out of guesses. Carson City. <laughs> oh, his- man. And I'll tell they you which one they like. Right there, they chose Nevada. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'll tell you which which brother they like more because his brother is named Weston. So I would rather be named after a state than a hotel chain. Well, yeah. I've never asked them if that's why his name is Weston, but uh, is it spelled I N? Yes. Oh, dude, it's one hundred percent that those parents be fucking bro. <laughs> I love his parents. I love them. They're like my second. They're like my second family. I I I love him, but that I mean, knowing his dad, his dad was like, "We should just name him Weston," and the mom was like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> She's like, "I'm not fighting it." <laughs> She's like, "Yeah, okay, let's do it." Imagine if they had a daughter. Well, and Ramada, would you name him <laughs> La Quinta? No, her name would be Mercedes. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry. Anyways, moving on to the world record that Nevada shared. So, with so, so this, so this is all. This is all long, long form to say uh, the world's. The he sent me a video of an engine inside of a garden shed. And would you like to know on a quarter mile? Live my life quarter mile at a time. How R.I.P. How fast R.I.P. Paul Walker. How fast did this shed get up to? What's right. the what, and this this is a world record. So I guess the, the better question is what is the world record for fastest shed? <laughs> I did not know this was a category in, in the world record books. So uh, hey, let's uh, already blown away. But if it's a world record, it's got to be something absurd, right? And I'm gonna go with uh, 88 miles per hour wrong it is 100 miles per hour they got a shed on a quarter no. mile to go 100 miles per hour i'll send you the video on the link after this get out of your mainstream media with your one news. i don't it took nevada a while to find it so i don't think it was very mainstream it might have been bordering on dark web yeah but you're <laughs> you're over here faking this can't be real a shed traveling 100 miles per hour yeah i'll send so you the I'm video it's, it it's, 80 on my audi this shed is just blowing by me going 20 plus more. So I've, I've prepared, but I've never, I've never prepared for a shed moving a hundred miles per hour down a highway and just blowing past me. You have to speed race him at that point, right? Well, you're following him to find out where he's going. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're following him, it's, right? Cause it's it, alien technology at that point. He's going to a hoot nanny for sure. <laughs> <laughs> A barnyard right. bash. <laughs> That's right. So, Jermaine, this uh, on uh, the day after the 4th of July, which would be the 5th of July if I'm going by the Julian calendar, um, you 
our favorite non-sponsor of the podcast, Run For It EP, hosted a virtual half marathon on the 5th of July. So why don't you take us through how that went, how you reacted, how those beers on the 4th of July hit differently on the 5th of July when you're running 13.1 miles. Oh, yeah. The uh, <laughs> the body must be punished for the sins of the mind. That's for sure. So we decided we were going to run this. Uh, I think we kicked off at like 10, 10 in the morning. So the sun, which sits a little lower here, especially when you're running the estuary, gets gets kind of – it's not like hot temperature-wise, but the sun, just you can feel it beating down on it. It beats you. Yeah. And so we're running in the estuary. It started off hot, had like an 835 pace, and was crushing it. You know, and it was it, it it wasn't like a hard eight thirty five either, was it? That's what you're no, saying. It was, yeah. It was. I felt good. I felt real good to start, but like about a half mile in, right, jogging this eight thirty five, probably sixty percent exertion, and uh, jogging eight thirty five is not jog. jog. Uh, but you know, about a half mile in, I was just like, oh man, uh, your boy has got to use the facilities. And uh, all the food and all the white cloths from 4th of July were uh, <laughs> saying good morning to me. And uh, it was pretty brutal. So about six and a half mile mark, we get to the crib. We had to stop. I had to. I had to stop. So <laughs> we go in, take like 45 minutes because I have to go. My buddy has to go. I go again. <laughs> and then we had to stop at his place. We're, run- we're running up towards the beach to take the strand. And we had to stop at his place so I could use the facilities again. I was destroyed from the weekend. Uh, and then after that, and this, and, and this this was how many miles in? This was six miles in, six and a half. So it was closer to seven when we got to his place. So I ha- I still had just about fifty percent. That's good, dude. That's real good. And we went out and finished and slogged through and. Uh, just I used the mentals and I just pushed through and said, "Nah, not today, Satan." And, so we'll uh, get in 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 the next couple of podcasts. We'll get you the uh, like actual how much money was raised by Run for a DP and uh, how many people participated and how many total miles were in. Uh, I can say for a definite fact, Jermaine, that I ran zero of them. <laughs> Yeah, so they had two options. They had a half marathon and a 5K, and Nick decided to join in from his couch. I I virtually ran the I, – I took the virtual part uh, too seriously, and I just didn't run it. But I virtually ran it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you were there in uh, spirit, kind of like Obi-Wan at, at the end spirit. of the Star Wars movie. That was my spirit. It made you shit. That was when I came in about six and a half miles, and I was like, hey, Jermaine, don't you have to take a shit? <laughs> I did, dude. It was bad. I'm like so we, dripping sweat in the restroom. Oh, uh, that's the worst, man. During, during run shits, and oh. then you go into the hot restroom, and you're just, you're, it's just like an oven. That's the worst. Yeah, it was not fun, dude. And especially running on the beach, so now you're sandy and well, we, we finished on the beach. We ran in the estuary first. Oh, oh, that's right. Well, the estuary isn't exactly hard pavement either. No, it's still sand. So I, we alluded to it earlier, Jermaine, but news this week is Patrick Mahomes is the first, through incentives really, 
is the first $500 million quarterback in the NFL. Basically, his base, sal- his base salary is going to look somewhere around $45 million a year once he actually activates this deal. He's still on his rookie deal for two years. Uh, he has... It's 10 years, 450 million with incentive base up to 503 million. And then he has a $141 million uh, injury guarantee. So it's $141 million guaranteed. Uh, I, I love the deal. I, I mean, big, I, don't, big, so I love it for Patrick. Uh, good for him to get paid, obviously. Uh, dude balled out. I mean, his first whole season, 50 touchdowns and 5,000 yards. I think that's pretty. F- freaking impressive then he dislocates his knee and still wins the super bowl so (laughs) so money well earned but the gm uh just won gm of the year this year and gm of the year next year and maybe i'll give it to him in the third year he could not even sign chris jones and i'm still gonna give him this it's unbelievable what he was able to do with the contract not being tied percentage wise to the salary cap and the an expected jump in the next four to five years of from 190 to 300 million. That's huge. You know, Patrick Mahomes is going to be earning 40, but they're still going to have $260 million to play with, which, which to put a team around him. And, Oh man, what, what else, what else can I say? I mean, and so the way the contract works is uh, for every upcoming season, the the so for in 2024 as soon as 2024's league season starts three days into it his 2026 season's guaranteed uh 2025 the 2027 season would be guaranteed so in order to get ahead of that they would have to either uh restructure or cut him um <laughs> which i don't know how realistic that option is yeah he but, has to he has to not pigskin well for them to cut him and like yeah. pigskin bad yeah, and then once it once it gets to, I believe, about 2026, right? So it's about six years from now. Uh, even if they cut him, I think they still are on the hook for like $49 million. In dead money? Yeah, in dead money, uh, salary cap-wise. But, I mean, as we were just alluding to, of 300, of a $300 million cap, like that's – uh, I just can't say enough about what the GM was able to do. He added 10 years to the two years they already had him under contract for, which extends him out to 12 total. Um, yeah. Needless to say, I was really surprised by this in general because I yep. he had two years left on the contract. My thumbs up goes to Patrick Mahomes, right? He deserves it. He deserves to be the first $40 million quarterback. But I sent you a stat earlier this week, Jermaine, and it was in 2010 – there was one quarterback making over $20 million. His name was Donovan McNabb. In 2015, there were eight quarterbacks making over two quarterbacks. Jermaine just flashed me the two. There were two quarterbacks making over $20 million. In 2020, there are 14 quarterbacks making $20 million. 15, Jermaine? Correct, yeah. All right. (laughs) <laughs> this, is, this has just been a Nick talks out of his ass segment right here. Just segment this. All right, let me let me break it down for you again. Now that I have the actual numbers, in 2010 there were there was one quarterback, Donovan McNabb, who made over 20 million. In 2015 there were two quarterbacks who made over 20 million dollars, and in 2020 there were 15 quarterbacks 
who made over $20 million with, I believe, a majority of them making over $30 million. My point here is that the NFL contract negotiations, when a player makes a big deal, it gives the next player a chance to negotiate now using his rate. Because he's saying, hey, I if you think I'm better than this guy, then you're going to pay me better than this guy. If in five years we've had 12 quarterbacks now make over 20 million and most of them making over 30 million, I think this is a steal of a deal because in six years, you're going to have multiple quarterbacks making 40 million. And in 10 years, this may look like a, this may look like a, a, like, should we, I mean, should we help him out? Should we help Patrick Mahomes out and give him a little bit more money? It's going to be the Tom Brady discussion, right? Is Patrick Mahomes paid enough? I think that's where we're going to get to. And that's an awesome deal for the GM. So good thumbs up for both. The only loser in this is the fans because now we get to listen to Sports Center talk about why Dak Prescott deserves $40 million. No, uh, I mean, yeah, that's going to suck. First of all, for our knowledge, Brett Veach is the general manager of the Kansas City Chiefs. Brett Veach, official official general manager of the podcast. (laughs) Yeah. You're signed. Way to get it done. So actually, uh, the rest of the executives in the NFL are probably applauding Brett Veach right now. They're saying, thank you, thank you, thank you. Bill O'Brien's dummy head is probably thanking Brett Veach. Uh, (laughs) The Dallas Cowboys are thanking Brett Veach because uh, it's just that that wild. So – Anyways, (laughs) Anyways, <laughs> I just I can't say enough. There are currently nine quarterbacks being paid over thirty million right yeah, now. There you go. Yeah, yep. I would I, I would have said eight. So yeah, nine. I got all the numbers wrong, but just listen listen to the points that I'm making, not the numbers that I'm saying. <laughs> Yo, so the NCAA uh really came out and said some things, huh? Did some things. Yeah. Yeah, they so Jermaine is referring to the fact that now two Power 5 conferences, the Big 10 and the ACC have decided to play their fall sports seasons completely in conference. I think this is directly related to football, Jermaine, but it either goes to other fall sports. Yeah, you know, all fall sports. True. Yeah, all fall sports. So all fall sports are in are in decision. So I, I have a couple I have a couple of winners uh and a couple of losers from this, Jermaine, if you want to weigh in as I go along. Okay. So my winner is Clemson. <laughs> so the ACC, take this from an NC State Wolfpack fan, is a bag of garbage outside <laughs> of Clemson. Right now, Right now, if you're looking and you and you you want something to take, go on five dimes and take a look at the Clemson National Championship odds, especially if they're going to play in conference. Clemson's not going to be beaten. Not going to be beaten by anyone. I don't care if Mac Brown is coaching UNC or anything like Whoa, that. Oh, you didn't even let me make my point. You just stole it from me. UNC's oh, well, coming for him, bro. Nah, UNC sucks. Go to hell, Carolina. My two losers are both the Big Ten – Right, we know that right now. And if the SEC is for the team that hates the conference that hates this deal the most is the SEC, because even more than the Big Ten, in which everyone can beat anyone on a given day, and we see that 
each year where an Indiana or a Northwestern comes up and and uh, and can get a win against an Ohio State, a Michigan, an Iowa. Now you're going to be playing. Now you have to play those teams eleven times. You can't play the cupcake states. So who's the most pissed off about this? The SEC, because now even more than the Big Ten, anyone in the SEC can beat anyone in the SEC. Alabama does not want to go into Mississippi State in September and have to beat them. They don't want. They don't even want to go into Mississippi. They don't want even Mississippi to come into Alabama. They don't want to play Auburn in October. No, they don't want any of that. They don't want any of that smoke. And I actually love it. So suck it, SEC. And my final loser, Jermaine, is Rutgers. Does Rutgers <laughs> does Rutgers win a game this year? <laughs> I think we ask that question every year, right? If they're playing in the Big Ten only, there's no way they're winning a game. So I, I make that Big Ten point to say everyone in the Big Ten can beat everyone on a single day except for the New Jersey Community College that is Rutgers. Also, I don't... <laughs> and JCC Rutgers. <laughs> also, I don't really know why I don't. I don't have a hatred towards Rutgers, but I guess we just buried Rutgers, so... Yeah, we've been... Uh, we bodied Rutgers. So for those of you who don't... we I don't think we said it at the beginning, but uh, the reason why we're switching to a two-podcast format is we actually recorded late last night, and... Uh, our long-winded asses ended up at two hours, and we both looked at each other wide-eyed and said, "No, nah, we gotta redo that, fam." <laughs> so, oh man, moving on to Pac-12 news from college. This is actually one of the more shocking developments, and I don't know if it should be shocking, but I was still shocked. So, Stanford decided to cut eleven of thirty-six varsity team programs for the next three years at minimum. Uh, can you give us a little more info on that, Nick? Yeah, so so Stanford cut, like Jermaine said, they cut some of their varsity programs, almost half of their varsity programs. Uh, it's stuff like fencing, rowing, men's wrestling, men's volleyball uh, is is the basically the non-money cash cow sports for Stanford. Uh, Stanford reported in the article that they this year with those with even without those eleven sports will be at a $25 million deficit and at a $70 million deficit over three years, obviously a court because of because of Corona. I want to get your thoughts, Jermaine. What do you think, right? Because we're not going to see the changes this year. Schools operate, you know, they, they operate on a limited budget, but we're not going to see the impacts this year. $25 million, a school can get over that. They can get bailed out or something like that. What do you, what do you think the college landscape is going to look like in three years? Or do you think this deal doesn't really affect it that much? Or no, this deal, this, this, this action by Stanford? No, I think it's huge. So a lot of people don't know this, but one of the reasons why there's such a high tuition cost for some of these colleges is because they use the tuition to help supplement their varsity programs, right? To make sure they have the best facilities, to make sure they have the best coaches, so that way they can recruit the best talent to get them more notoriety on a public stage. And that's why kids who aren't in any of those sectors are still paying you know, tens of thousands of dollars to go per semester to these prestigious colleges. So... Now you're cutting some of that. You're already operating deficit. You're not having fans come to the stadium. The money's not flowing the same way, and it's just going to continue this snowball effect, right? And and that's why I, I have such a fundamental disagreement with the NCAA is because they're, they are a billion-dollar business, 
but for football and basketball only. And they use that uh, and they kind of manipulate that system and don't let anyone but themselves benefit it from it. So um, you and I were talking off the line and this could um, push realignment at a much quicker pace than we've ever seen before. Yeah. It should, should push, you know, they might end up with a sixth, six power conference, uh, you know, where they expand to a six to make it three and three, but it's each conference has 20 teams or something along those lines, or maybe you just have the superpowers, right? The Alabamas, the LSUs, the Georgias, uh, Texas, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Clemson. Maybe they all form into one conference themselves, and it's just them beating the shit out of each other for all the season. How wild would that be? If every year you the, see the, the super conference, if you see Texas, Alabama, Alabama, Ohio State, Ohio State, LSU, LSU, Clemson, every year. How yeah, wild mean, the, would that the, be? The college football playoff would go away because whoever wins that is winning the national championship. I could I, I, I could see like I agree with your with your principle of realignment. I really think that like if you get a team, a mid major team, like an app state, like a Boise State, like a Notre Dame. I know Notre Dame is now playing in the ACC for football. But if you get teams like that, I think the service yeah. academies, the service academies are going to be incredibly attractive. Nobody because, wants to play them either. Because well, nobody wants to play them, but also they don't need any. Uh, they don't really have any operating revenue when it comes to the football team. They're just plus plus plus. Yeah, and th- and the thing is, is like every time you play against Army and Navy, it's uh, <laughs> you never really want to play those guys. That's the that's the, the power five teams that have seen Army the last two years. They oh, are, for sure. Yeah, ask Michigan. So <laughs> Michigan, they almost upset Oklahoma two years ago. Yeah. With uh, I think when Kyler Murray was playing, yeah, and so probably, yeah, they don't. I mean, but you you can see that. I mean, I this is crazy, right? And it's never going to happen. But I could see kind of like a promotion system, in which you know Memphis wins the conference USA three times in a three times in a row in football, and they're they have a powerhouse football team. Now maybe. Here comes the Big Ten. Here comes the SEC, and they scoop up Memphis. And now they say, "Okay, welcome to the SEC. You can bring us more money now that we can distribute to the to our schools." But I mean, that's the, uh, it, to wait and see. We're really not going to see anything right now. We're going to see something three years down the road, like I talked about. Yeah, it should be really interesting. It's going to be a fun uh, development to watch. Uh, so, looking forward to seeing that. But the big right, news, you, the big news yeah, what, this week is. What uh, do you want to talk about next? UFC or baseball bets? Let's do UFC, dude. Okay, I'm, I'm chomping at the bits to talk about UFC. I love me so. UFC. So and like it's like tomorrow. So like like Jermaine talked about. This is uh, this is uh, UFC 251. Uh, there are five fights on the main card, uh, and this is the first fight that we're gonna get from Yas island in uh abu dhabi uh obviously uh dana white has constructed this huge thing there he's gonna fight over multiple weekends on his own personal island in abu dhabi uh jermaine can you you have the card pulled up for us i do yeah i do have it right here 
read please read the card for us so we're only going to be talking about the main card so if you guys are looking for more prelim stuff we'll be posting actual winners and losers for that tomorrow for you guys to place bets and ride with us if you so choose but you know podcast uh (laughs) motto fade us so the first uh card kicking off the main portion of the five fights is going to be Amanda Rivas versus Paige Van Zandt in the women's Uh-oh. flyweight division. Oh, first appearance of Jermaine's Hispanic accent. Hello. Because <laughs> apparently, apparently I don't produce things. I don't pronounce things well. So Jermaine, let me let me hear your last name with your Hispanic accent. It's uh, it's Jermaine Antonio Colon Mendes. Oh, oh. Do you want it? I got it, man. Oh, do you want it, man? It's extraordinaire. <laughs> Uh, and then Side the track that's then, not professional podcasting. <laughs> the second fight is actually a rematch from about 14 months ago. I believe it was May 2019 at UFC 237 between Jessica Andrade and oh, Rose yeah. Thug Nama Yunus. Uh, dude, I'm uh, that's like my second most anticipated fight on this card. I'm very much looking forward to it. I love rematches in UFC, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Then we have the bantamweight title bout, which is uh, the title itself is vacant. So Peter Yawn and Jose Aldo will be fighting each other for the vacant title. And then we have the featherweight co-main event for the the featherweight championship between Alexander Volkanovsky, who is the champion, versus Max Holloway who is the former champion. So it's a rematch. That's the fight I'm looking forward to most. It's going to be an absolute, absolute grudge match. Uh, Volkanovski feels disrespected, and Holloway feels like he should have never lost that title in the first place. And the main event, which is was greatly affected by COVID-19, uh, get well soon, Gilbert Burns, you should get the next title shot, so you'll be perfectly fine there. But... Kamara Usman is going to be taking on Jorge Masvidal for the welterweight title. And they saying they don't like each other is is uh is a tragic understatement. <laughs> these two That's men exactly right. These two men have been at each, each other's other. throats for a, a couple almost a it's been what two or three years now they've been at each other's throats. It's been about it's three years, yeah. I they publicly they probably haven't liked each other for a half decade though. <laughs> so uh, they do not like each other, and Daddy likes when fighters don't like each other. It's they're gonna they're gonna go in there and uh, go to war. So <clears throat> we'll go through with some of our picks that we were looking at using five dimes and uh, the odds that were given in the props and stuff. So Nick will be giving us the odds and we'll be talking about the picks. Sorry, right, go ahead, Nick. So I got, I, I got a couple of bets, right? So we'll go, we'll go pretty much quickly over each fight and, and I'll tell you what I like, Jermaine. You can tell me what you, what you like. We can tell me what the people can take if they don't like what we like. So I'll go, I'll go the Andrade fight first. So I'm not t- I'm not touching the Van Zant Rebos fight. I don't there's and, and I'm not touching the I'm not touching the Jan Aldo fight uh aside from a parlay that we'll talk about earlier. So we're not talking about those fights right now. I think the favorites are gonna win. If if you want to take a flyer, Van Zant is five is plus five seventy five right now. What I mean by plus five seventy five for those of you who don't know is if I spend a hundred dollars on that bet and that bet wins, I make five hundred and seventy five dollars. 
So obviously that's that's very attractive. But I, like I said, we're not going to cover those two fights. They're going to be great watching. I'm going to love to watch them. But I I think that the favorites will will come out. I Jermaine have I took Andrade to win uh, plus one sixty five. Okay. Right, so that's so I got it when this card was announced. When five dimes posted, I got Andrade one sixty five, and I took a couple of. Uh, what, what do you call it? Uh, f- prop bets, right? What do you call it? What do you call it, right? Uh, prop bets on this too. Um, I, you know, that's that's just you know prop bets that I liked for this fight. Uh, what do you think, Jermaine? What, what do you think about this fight? So, I'm a betting man. We all know it, and uh, I think Thug Rose wins this fight. And she's, I think she's just a better all around fighter. Not saying Andrade isn't terrific, but when you're, I mean, at this level, it's split in hairs, and that's how you measure greatness. So I think Thug is a better fighter. I personally think Thug is going to win this fight, but I am riding with Andrade. The value is too good for someone that talented. And in combat sports, especially at this level, there's such a such a such a small room and margin for error i mean if you want to go look at how andrage knocked out nama yunez in 237 you should it's absolute violence in its purest form she picks her up and tombstone pile drivers <laughs> drives her as if she, she was trained the by, the, by the undertaker so i'm rocking with andrage but that's my heart talking, right? So That's I, why we tell you to fade us. So I, I also made this bet, right? I think both fighters are going to go at each other. There's a lot of bad blood here. I think Nami Yunus has a lot to prove in this fight. And I found terrific value, Jermaine, in the under two and a half rounds bet. Under two and a half rounds right now on five dimes is plus 130. It hasn't changed. I got it at plus 145, but right now it's still got great value uh, on that. Looking at the... If you like Nami Yunus like you do, Jermaine, looking at the props, there's not really any good props that I would take right now. Um, I would go for, I would look for that. If you think the both these fighters are going to go at each other, look for her. Look, look at a at a round type uh, type bet. But there's no real attractive uh, um, props. Yeah, not not for not for Rose. That's probably because everyone thinks she's going to win. So yeah. So, all right, moving on to Jan versus Aldo. We're not like Nick and I both said, we're not really touching this, but if you guys are looking for ideas on what to ride, uh, it's Jan all day. Aldo's a little bit older. I don't see him beating Jan. I think Jan walks out the champ and he probably dominates that division for at least the next 18 months. And one, and one bet that I would say about this, Jermaine, looking at the, the props is take a Jan wins by TKO KO. Uh, it's plus one thirty right now on five dimes. I think that's excellent. Uh, that's an excellent bet to make. I didn't make it personally, and I won't be making it. But if you, if if you feel like betting, uh, I would bet Jan by TKO. So the uh, moving on to the Volkanovski Holloway fight. I love this fight. It's going to be great. Uh, great watching, like you said. Both fighters are just going to go in on each other. I made the instant bet as soon as this came out. Volkanovski wins inside the distance plus 285. Dang, that's great value. So I th- I think Volk I think Holloman when when he's Holloway? been forced uh, sorry yeah, yeah Holloway in fights when he's been forced 
or not been forced, but when he attacks too much, he leaves himself open. And Volkanovsky is so good at sticking and moving, getting you to think he's going one way. And as soon as you open up to move against him, he's on you body, body, face, right? That's his combo, right? He loves to come in. He loves to hit you with that. I love that the Volkanovsky TKO prop right now is still plus 325, right? But like inside the distance, I said I got it at 285. Right now it's plus 310. So it's actually going the other way. I might throw a little bit more money on it, a little bit of pizza money on that. That's the bet that I love for this fight. I don't see any way that Holloman wins this fight. Uh, Holloway. Holloway. I keep saying Holloman. Sorry. I knew a guy named Holloman and now it's got in my head that Holloman. (laughs) Holloway. Max Holloway. Sorry, everybody. Max Holloway. I don't see any way Holloway wins this fight. I think it's going to be a great fight. I think they're going to stand there and slug at each other for the first couple of rounds. I per I I also took props that it won't get out of round two. I also took props that it won't get past round two. Okay, so just a little tidbit to ride on that. Uh, as I said before, I think Volkanovski wins this fight. I think he uh, controlled the bout with Max Holloway. Max Holloway still tr- tremendous fighter, valiant champion. He put forth maximum effort, and he was in that fight. I just think Volkanovski uh, kind of controlled it. And so I think he does it again here. Um, Volkanovski loves his little leg kicks. Um, there's even been reporting on that. So hopefully Holloway has some sort of way to defend it now. But coming out of the Holloway camp, Holloway said that he didn't meet with his coaches. He didn't spar. And he didn't go to his gym to train. So, uh, you know, that's that's not really a good uh, omen for someone who's stepping into such a high caliber, a high profile bout. The only thing that I can, I will say, right. Defending those actions. And I, I can, I'm hard pressed to find a way to defend that, but they had a camp for Volkanovsky before. And I would imagine that they felt pretty confident with the way they performed with that strategy against him in the first fight. Uh, with the leg kicks being the deciding factor for Holloway's loss. But, you know, the, you know, everyone goes into their camp and they get better and they learn and they train and they add new pieces. So to, to hear that Holloway just kind of phoned it in, thinking he's going to get there based on his <sighs> – I'm not sure how I feel about that. So <sighs> – you know, we'll see. That's the, my most anticipated fight of the card. It's gonna be great. I mean, so, that was before Masvidal. So if you're if, if you're betting on if you're betting on Holloway to win by a lucky punch, which is basically what you're saying, right? One, you know, Volkanovski drops his guard and and Holloway finds the weak spot on the chin, right? It's plus seven sixty on five dimes right now, and it's probably gonna be the same on your Holloway to win by TKO. So that's seven sixty. That's wild. Yeah, if you like that, that's that's something that I would look at. What do you have for the for obviously the main event and the one that 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 I'm looking forward to the most, which is going to be Masvidal and Usman. So I wasn't looking forward to this fight before with Usman and Burns. I felt like Burns rode uh, a, a warranted hot streak into that getting that title fight. And the only reason he got it was because UFC didn't want to pay anyone any more money. And I thought Masvidal had clearly earned this title shot well before him. So now that we've got this fight, I am very much excited. I love people who hate each other. I think 
Kamara Usman is going to fight a smart fight. Um, or that's what I thought, at least. I think he's going to fight a smart fight, take Moswell to ground, uh, and try to control it that way and try to pick up points and, and win by decision. But a lot of the interviews, a lot of the things I've been hearing out of Kamara Usman and the reports and this, that, and the other, it sounds to me like Kamara Usman is, is, has the intent of going in there and standing up with Jorge. And I'm not saying he can't get the job done standing up. I mean, he is the champ, but I'm saying that's not the way you would want to fight Masvidal. And so it's going to be a pretty interesting uh, fight to watch. And it's going to be, I feel like Usman's going to have a lot of the power on dictating on how this fight goes. If he goes in and decides to stand up, then that really feeds into my parlay, which I have a parlay of Masvidal, Volkanovski, Jan, and Andraj all winning. And that's plus sixteen sixty seven for you listeners at home. So if you put a hundred dollars on well, it, was, well, it was yesterday. So okay. let me see. Yeah. Let me yeah. Keep uh, keep uh, talking. Uh, I'll, I'll see what uh, it is. Right definitely now. change. Uh, but we, I got it at plus sixteen sixty seven, and that I put a hundred dollars on it. And if that hits, then that's a six one thousand six hundred sixty seven dollar payout for those of you listeners at home. So you know, I think if if Usman goes in smart relies on his coaching, does everything he's supposed to do. Usman wins this fight. I'm not as confident in him doing that any longer. And if he does not go in and fight that way, I'm not saying he can't win. I'm just saying that lends itself to Masvidal getting the job done. And uh, I'll tell you what, Masvidal has been waiting for a real long time to win a title. It's yeah. uh, it's it's fifteen ninety eight right now. So it's plus fifteen ninety eight to take that four way parlay of the two favorites, Volkanovski and Jan, and then Andraj and Masvidal. As soon as I heard this, Jermaine, I as soon as I knew, as soon as Masvidal got stuck into the fight, we talked about it, and I took Masvidal to win at plus two sixty. That's great value. I I love that. I mean, Masvidal at plus two sixty. I'm willing to I'm willing to bet the house on that. I, <laughs> Just because I also love. The prop bets of Masvidal inside the distance, I got it at 220. And Masvidal by TKO KO, I got it at plus 225. They've actually gone up. Masvidal plus TKO is plus 280 right now. And Masvidal inside the distance is plus 260 right now. So they've gone up from when I talked to him. You were talking about you think Usman is going to... I think Usman preferably, he is just trying to get Masvidal rallied up. Uh, so he, Masvidal will try to come at him swinging and make a mistake uh, and tire himself out. But I think this one is going to a five-round decision. Right now, if you also think that, the Usman five-round decision is plus 140 on five times. So that's that's a good bet to look in. I also rode that parlay with you, Jermaine, of Masvidal, Volkanovski, Andraj, and Jan. And we'll see... We'll see how it does. I, I mean, ultimately, I'm super excited. I'm I'm trying to convince Emma right now to go to a Buffalo Wild Wings and and have my mother in law watch Lily so we can watch these fights. Uh, and if not, if she says no, we're gonna illegally stream them. So, oh, I mean, I mean, we're gonna find a way to buy the pay per view. Uh, I'll be buying it using ESPN Plus. So I, I will. I'm definitely how gonna much, buy. How much it. does ESPN sell it for? ESPN Plus. It's about sixty four ninety nine. What the? F- so I already put a lot of money on this. I don't need to put more money on the pay per view. 
All right, man. So uh, MLB announced its schedule with the opening day, which is everyone's favorite day of baseball besides, you know, World Series, uh, on the July 23rd and 24th. Um, yeah, I mean, that's good. <laughs> that should be a lot of fun. And then you were telling me that MLB put together a little contest for their opening day this year. Yeah, so MLB.com is running right now a promotion on their website. It's a $100,000 challenge opening day contest. There's 15 games between, like Jermaine said, the 23rd and the 24th of July. If you pick those all of those games correctly, and then they also have props at the end of it that you can guess, obviously, uh, total number of runs scored, total number of home runs as a tiebreaker. But if you get 15 out of 15 and then win the tiebreaker, you have a... you. Ha- can win $100,000 by picking the opening day winners. It's not spread. It's not points. It's just straight up who's going to win this game. I submitted my picks. I submitted my picks. I'll put it out closer to opening day what those picks were for opening day. Uh, obviously, it's free. There's no money to, to enter, but that's, that, that's a pretty cool thing that, that MLB is, uh, is, is doing. Uh, yeah, I'm going to definitely submit some picks for that too. Daddy likes 100K. <laughs> <laughs> And f- especially free free dollars and free cent entry. Yeah, that's so, that's big time. So a couple of, of important dates in the uh, in the M- MLB schedule so far. So the M- the major leagues have been notorious for playing a massive amount of games in a m- small amount of time. So a regular a regular season in the MLB is about 162 games. They've lengthened lengthened it to about 190 days. So they play 162 nine-inning baseball games in the heat of summer in 190 days, right? This season took that relaxation period that the players have gotten the last three years, and it said, no, no, you go over there. Hold on to your butts. (laughs) Hold on to your butts. Because the MLB is playing 60 games starting from the 23rd of July until the 27th of September, which is the last day of the regular season. 60 60 games in 66 days. Jermaine is what the MOB is playing. A couple of other dates and and things that I'm really looking forward to. Uh, August 13th is going to be the MLB at the Field of Dreams. Uh, the Cardinals are playing the White Sox at the actual Field of Dreams uh, stadium in Dwyersville, Iowa. If you haven't seen Field of Dreams, shame on you. Go watch it right now. Great baseball movie. August 16th That's is a real stadium. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a uh, so for the. Go or if you haven't watched Field of Dreams, just do me do me the courtesy of going and googling the actual Field of Dreams story, and the dude that Kevin uh, Costner plays in Field of Dreams actually built a full scale MLB stadium uh, in his corn patch in Iowa, in Dwyersville, Iowa. So they're actually they're the Cardinals and the White Sox will be playing there on August thirteenth. It'll be the first game of this kind and kind of. Kind of mirrors like the NHL outdoor game, right back to our roots type of stuff. Should be very interesting. Do uh, ghosts still show up? Yes, yeah, they will be. They will be the only fans in attendance. Will be ghosts. <laughs> uh, August sixteenth is going to be the day that they celebrate the hundredth anniversary of the Negro League. So nineteen twenty to twenty twenty, players will be wearing patches on their uniforms with the Negro Leagues. Uh, I believe it's all year, but they're going to have extra celebrations uh, and and praise the the players of the Negro League that never got to break the color barrier. 
And celebrating the guy that did break the color barrier, August 28th is Jackie Robinson Day. So obviously everybody will wear 42, all the festivities. Jermaine, your favorite your favorite day of the year, or I guess your, yeah. th- your third favorite day of the year. September 9th is going to be Roberto Clemente Day, obviously honoring the life of Roberto Clemente. That'll be really awesome. Obviously, he set the he set the road for, for Puerto Rican baseball players and really Hispanic baseball players in uh, the major leagues. He's kind of my that, guy. He's he's the one. He's the kind of the first first best uh, Hispanic player. And then obviously, I said the twenty seventh is the end of the season. So Jermaine, with all of the with with sixty games in sixty six days, it kind of leads to um, a influx of doubt into a baseball season that over 162 games generally works it out statistically. So I made a couple of bets as soon as five dimes released the uh, season totals. I will tell you that I like that. I think a small market normally non-competitive team is going to make or multiple are going to make the playoffs. And my best candidates are these four teams. The Arizona Diamondbacks. Yeah, I like that one a lot. The Tampa Bay. The, I almost said Devil Rays. The Tampa Bay Rays. Where they used to be, the, they used to be called the Devil Rays. They right? used to be called the Devil Rays. Yeah, it got it got changed. Uh, the Cincinnati Reds and the Los Angeles Angels. Those are my four teams that I think are going to really surprise people this year. Oh, and without, like the Angels aren't small market though. That's no, that are going to surprise people this year based on no, last year's performances and current roster. My MLB bets that I made, obviously, season win totals out of a 60-game season. Here's the bets that I took. Arizona over 31 and a half. Love it. Right? Philadelphia over 31. If you look at Philadelphia last year against uh, last year through 60 games, they were first in the NL West and they kind of had a bunch of injuries and and their pitching staff wasn't really healthy down the stretch. I think Philadelphia has the most stacked roster and you might see later, I might make a Philadelphia Phillies World Series bet depending on how the first game, the first 10 games of the season go. Uh, Los Angeles Angels over 31 and a half wins. I love that. Uh, I like that one a lot. Colorado over 27 and a half. The Rockies have always started. <laughs> the Rockies have always started hot, but that's more of a, I got it at plus 100 and it, and my heart, my heart felt good putting that bet in. Uh-uh. Plus 100. That needs to be at least plus 378. Oh, geez. For over unders. I don't think that's possible. Um, <laughs> a couple Rock, of 15 and 45. <laughs> Jesus, probably. I mean, it's it's just as likely as them going forty five and fifteen. So, <laughs> uh, Oakland under thirty three and a half. I don't. Oakland has an incredibly stacked roster, and in a hundred and sixty two game season, I would probably look at maybe making a bet for them to win the AL pennant. Right? They came pretty decently close last year, and they can surprise anyone. But over sixty games, over their sixty games, they have started incredibly slow. They always seem to do it. So under thirty three and a half. And I think the Chicago White Sox under 31 and a half. The White Sox are playing in a division with the Minnesota Twins and the Cleveland Indians. And people seem to think that the White Sox, their young players are just going to mature and get better. And they will, but they're not going to get that much better. They're going to be third in that division. And I don't see them winning 32 games. I don't see them going 32 and 28 in that division, even with the Tigers and the Royals. A couple of other prop bets that I took. 
I took Cincinnati to win the Central. That was at plus 233. And Philadelphia to win the NL East was at plus 375. And obviously, like Jermaine said, we'll put the I'll put these bets out right after this shit right after we post the show. Um so they think the Braves are gonna win the NL East, huh? Yeah. The Braves and they think the Mets, who have the heart who have one of the hardest uh schedules this year in terms of travel and teams played, because they play the Braves and the Phillies, they think the Mets are gonna come second. Wait, so it's Braves, Mets, Phillies? That's why I got it at plus three seventy five. Man, so there's some there's some immense value there. But if you guys are thinking about, you guys don't like those bets, and you're just taking a look at my bets, take a flyer on it on a couple of small market teams, small market teams to win either the AL or the NL pennant because this year is going to be crazy. I'm a uh, I'm betting that the Orioles win, uh, uh, win 30 well, games, with the exception of a couple of teams all right <laughs> the orioles win 30 games the but orioles the tigers and the royals we're gonna say don't bet those in any circumstance <laughs> if a guy has a gun to your head and he says put in a bet on five dimes for the orioles over win total you say you just kill me man like <laughs> yeah it's, there's no i don't want like i don't want to lose twice just kill me so i don't have to see it what happens if that hits, though? Then, well, I mean, fade us. Like, it's yeah, as we always say, fade us. So, a lot of uh, controversy has been uh, blowing up and dusting up right now with the uh, with the naming of some of the professional sports teams, in particular, the Cleveland Indians and the Washington Redskins. And we're we like to pride ourselves on being a solutions oriented podcast. So Nicholas and I we call ourselves take, stop. <laughs> have, we're very uh, stoppy, and we've de- decided we're going to take it upon ourselves and come up with some terrific renaming options for the Cleveland Indians and the Washington Redskins. We're going to start with the latter of the two, as far as uh, least controversial goes uh, with the Cleveland Indians. So, uh, I was like, why are we talking about ladders? We're talking about Indians and Redskins. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm going to go first with the uh, Cleveland <laughs> Indians because I've got the absolute perfect name for you here. Okay. So I think we should call them the Cleveland Murder Hornets in honor of the shenanigans that is twenty. They didn't even have a. They didn't even have a place in the twenty twenty plot though. So why are we? Why are we including them? Because everyone loves a good underdog story, bro. And the Indians haven't won in how long? They're the definition of underdogs. Okay. Shout out! Shout out to 20, uh, 2016 Cubs. All right. So, mur- <laughs> so Murder Hornets. Okay. Let's let's hear your let's hear your next one. Uh, and then I've got the Cleveland Harambes. Oh, the celebration is going to be great. Give them a little gorilla mascot running around, playing playing with the kids, throwing popcorn on people. Every now and then the angry the angry zookeeper will come out and shoot him, and everybody will laugh. So what so what would the celebration be then? So when the Indians the, the Cleveland Harambes score a run, does the do all the male fans in the stadium take their genitalia out and pull their dicks out for the Harambes? Dicks out for Harambe, bro. Okay, <laughs> settled. Okay, I think it's frowned upon. But Harambe needs to be immortalized forever, bro. Yeah, and I think that 
being killed in Cincinnati. We're just going to ignore that the Reds are a team, and we're going to name them the Cleveland Harambes. I'm, I mean, I, that. Uh, um, do you have any more? Is that your last one? No. Uh, oh, I have one more. Okay. And uh, it's because of the mafia ties in Ohio and all the shady shenanigans that's been going on there for centuries. And okay. It's probably, probably not that long, but uh, it's the Cleveland Teamsters. Okay, the Cleveland Teamsters, the Cleveland Al Capones. They need to have zoot suits and Tommy guns as their their uniform of the day. (laughs) Zoot suits. So I have I, I I like I like the Cleveland Harambe's. I would also uh, enter into the fracas the Cleveland Steamers, uh, <laughs> due due to Cleveland's long history with the uh, train and rail industry. Uh, so the Cleveland Steamers would be my pick. Um, I but I, I I do like I do like the Harambe's. I think it's going to be something along the lines of spiders or Buckeyes. Because uh, the the Buckeyes were an old Negro League team that played there, and the Spiders were was a American League franchise that played in the late 1800s, and they almost considered naming the team the Spiders during the Indian struggles in the early 90s. So if I had to pick a favorite, it would probably be the Spiders. If I had to pick a favorite, it would probably be the uh, Cleveland Harambe's, though, just for the celebration. <laughs> just for the celebration, the Cleveland Harambe's. Oh man. All right, kick us off with the uh, with your uh, redskin replacements. So I uh, think I, I have I have two names for the Washington Redskins that I think Dan Snyder would really like. So I'm gonna double down. I think Dan Snyder should double down with the Redskins. Say he's gonna name it and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's uh, I think it's good. Um, <laughs> I just Jermaine just sent me a text message about Cleveland Steamer. Do you not think I knew what a Cleveland Steamer was? I feel like you did it because you try to just pull because, the wool over people. Because died. because the funny thing is that they're like, oh, Cleveland Steamer, and then you have to you have to justify it. You have to say because the connection to the rail industry. But moving on, Jermaine, you child. I'm the child. The you're talking about celebrating your your get your your mind out of the gutter. I bet I'm really going to piss you off with this next name. I think Dan Snyder should double down, and I have two choices for him, Jermaine: either the Washington Bloodthirsty Savages, or the or switch completely and call them the Washington Chinamen. Uh, I, I, Jermaine Antonio Colon Mendez, do not support this message. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, everybody. Resident podcast white guy. Sorry. Oh, man. That was Sorry. hysterical. Dude, if, if they did hit the okie doke on people. <laughs> oh, my God. Dan Snyder's like, look, I'm sorry. All right. We'll call him the Chinaman. <laughs> Dude, the people's minds. People would be like, <laughs> we might see a literally a literal head explosion. <laughs> yeah, probably. Oh, uh, what, do you, what, do, what, what do you got for names? That's it. That's all you're submitting for the Washington. Oh, okay. I, all right. Here, I, I here, I have two. So obviously, I have two serious ones that I think it would do. I like the homage to the XFL team that was just there. I think the DC Defenders with an actual NFL marketing budget and like uniform budget could look really awesome. Uh, and then I think if you don't if you don't want to completely rebrand the team and you just want to take all Native American imagery out, the Renegades is not a very bad uh, is not a bad team name either because you have the R there. I, I their their alternate jerseys already include an R with a spear through it. So 
I can see that. I can see both of those. DC Defenders was one of the first things that popped into my mind because I, I did like the logo and the name for the XFL team, the now defunct XFL team. Uh, so I got three options, right? So I went with the the blatantly obvious Washington Generals. Okay. <laughs> right? That just is a layup. Like yeah. Washington, if they wanted to, they could do the Washington Admirals. That'd be tight too. Uh, or the DC Admirals. Yeah. And then, uh, then I got uh, a a good one in, in uh, the Washington Hog Mollies. That's good. Yeah, the Washington Hog Mollies, obviously a term you first just you just first learned in in this last year's draft. So yeah, apparently I was uh, a fool for not have knowing this before, but I you know I like it. And if we, if we got a team named the Hog Mollies forever. Uh, and then I was thinking we name it the DC Harambe's. <laughs> That's the best. In case uh, you know what I, what I, I feel like you haven't mentioned this before. I like that one the best. <laughs> in, in case you know it doesn't work out elsewhere, we still get Harambe immortalized. Yeah, right. We just we just get we just get Harambe's. How crazy would it be to see a football gorilla though, like a gorilla in a football like uniform? <laughs> yeah, that would be good. <laughs> and then you know, uh, but in all seriousness, I thought like Washington Freedom would be a would be a good name. That would be good. I could also see a homage to the old baseball team that was there and the Washington Senators, but I think that might have a negative connotation these days. Yeah, because the Senators are a bunch of chacho magachos. I think those are all great names. I think the Harambe's is the clubhouse leader right now. Uh, Absolutely. (laughs) All right, so we're going to move on to everybody's favorite in – segment as in find them and cut them. I was like, are you did did, did Jermaine just have a stroke? We're <laughs> no, gonna move I, on to everybody's I buffered. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> we're we're in a matrix, bro. I had they, to buffer. They need they need to upgrade your simulation. <laughs> so uh it's more running back news and I think I'm getting sick and tired of NFL run, running backs. We're just going to leave them on the all-time <laughs> find them and cut them list because they're yeah. just a bunch of clowns. They're a find them and cut them Hall of Fame. It's just like clown show material day in day out. So latest news is that Roheem Mostert uh tried renegotiating his contract with the San Francisco 49ers after eh, 10 good games maybe and uh and did not get what he wanted and took his ball and ran and publicly announced that he has requested a trade. Um, this is, the, this is, I, I, I'm going to steal your thunder here a little bit, Jermaine. This is a guy who, uh, has been cut from six of seven teams. Yeah, you did. You stole my thunder. He was undrafted. That means he wasn't even the best 250 players in the year he came out. Right. He was cut six times, as Nick just said, six times. And he had seven teams in five years. That's almost uh, it's almost 25% of the league in five years. Almost. And then uh, Nick has uh, – <laughs> so Kyle Shanahan comes from Mike Shanahan, who's created the best running scheme in NFL history, right, uh, to where they – just create running backs who absolutely decimate the league. Uh, and Kyle Shanahan is a second generation, so he doesn't have to learn everything his father learned the hard way. So he's already got that information. Of course, Raheem Mostert led the league in yards per carry last year, but behind one of the best 
offensive lines in football. Like, of course, in that scheme, he tore it up. And now he's asking, right? So he signed a three-year, $8.7 million contract. And now he's asking to get paid instead of the two point, what does that work out? 2.65 or something like that a year. He wants to get paid Tevin Coleman money at 4.55 mil a year. And I'm like, dog, you haven't even put together one whole season yet. You're lucky you haven't got cut yet. Like, cause that's your MO. So Got there's it. there's there's two things in this, right, Jermaine? There's the fact that Kyle Shanahan comes from Mike Shanahan, which produced in the, you know, whatever, 10, 20 years that he was the, or 10 years that he was the Broncos head coach, produced a thousand yard rusher pretty much every year, right? And guys you've never heard of, right? Like Olandis Gray, Mike Anderson, Ruben DeRuffins, like Tatum Bell. These are guys you've never heard of except for that football? one year. Yes. Oh, I not this just an American Idol. No, this is this is not American Idol. Combined with the fact that Kyle Shanahan learned from his Super Bowl defeat, kind of. And <laughs> he employs a running back by committee system in which he puts the hot hand in and that hot hand only applies for that week of practice and whatever's going on in that game. You looked at so many games this year in the 49ers where it was just Raheem Mostert not fumbling that kept him in that game because if Tevin Coleman would fumble, I think Tevin Coleman is by far the better runner, but he's more fumble prone and more mistake prone. And Kyle Shanahan's team plays mistake-free football. Uh, unless it's Super Bowl related. Unless it's Super Bowl related, obviously. But then you, but then you went up against the Billy quarterback that we discussed earlier. I, I, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. You're, you, you're going up against a guy who literally has the pedigree to rotate running backs whenever he feels, and you ask for a trade and demand more money. Yeah, bye, Felicia. Mike, you said it. Mike Shanahan took over the Broncos in '95 as the head coach. Yeah, from '95 to 2007, he had a hundred, a thousand yard rusher every season. Yeah, uh, I think '95 to 2005. You said 2007 was. was... All right, doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think. way, I think 06 and 07, he had he was not he was getting near the end anyway. But from from a ten oh, year stretch, here's the Broncos. Yeah, but for a 10-year stretch, he had a 1,000-yard rusher every single year. And then he went and had Clayton Portis in Washington. Yeah. <laughs> and we had Clayton Portis in Denver, too. Yeah. Four straight years of – anyways. Yeah, that's just maddening. It's just maddening. Raheem Oster, welcome to find him and cut him. Find, find and cut. <laughs> and then – uh, today we got some news about Adrian Wojnarowski uh, oh. just replying to a senator with a, a brief, succinct, straight-to-the-point message. It's very no-nonsense yep. with a two-word reply, yep. and it said, fuck you. Started, started <laughs> with F, ended in you. Yeah, and so he, he was hot because Senator uh, Hawley blasted the NBA for – Cow-towing to Beijing and refusing to support U.S. military and law enforcement. Which, I mean, the senator's not wrong. That's essentially what the NBA did. And the NBA yeah. lost hundreds of millions of dollars when they did that. So Adrian Wojnarowski did not appreciate this. And 
this morning at around 8.57 a.m., he just responded with a FU. And then he probably got called by his, you know, supervisors and this, that, and the other. And they were like, well, you need to walk it back, blah, blah, blah. And so Adrian Marjanovsky released an apology a few hours later. And uh, the reason why Wall was just getting cut and fined is not because he said F you. And he's entitled to disagree with him. If that's not how he sees it, that's not how he sees it. But he's getting fined and cut for apologizing for something that he's not sorry about. I, th- He's not sorry about that. No. He said it. He meant it. He sticks by it. He's only apologizing because of the current climate and how everyone is forced to do and say stuff they don't want to do. And therefore, he apologized. And that's why he's getting fined and cut. I'm sick and tired of people feeling like the apology is just this band-aid or this cure-all that's going to fix the situation. No, dude, you said it. It doesn't matter. Move on. Yeah, there's, there's, I mean, the only thing that I'm going to say about it is, you know, like, are you angry because the senators, like, because you have personal beef with the senator? Because I have nothing wrong with what the senator said. You guys literally had your most vocal superstar who talks about every issue, even in every other sport, he talks about the issue. In LeBron James, when asked about human rights violation in in China, said, I don't know enough about that to comment. The dude that literally doesn't play other sports and comments on those social issues doesn't know enough about human rights issues to comment on China. The most vocal player in your history on social matters. Come on, man. He understands where the money comes from for the league, and he didn't want to mess that up. And it com- that's what it comes down to. It comes down to money. If you're going to be a social activist league and be political activists and be on the forefront of social issues, I support it 1,000%, but keep the energy consistent. Nobody likes a hypocrite. Agreed. And then if you don't – and if you are going to be a hypocrite and then get mad when someone calls you on it, don't apologize because you're not sorry. Yeah, just be like, no, I don't. I don't think I'm in the wrong. I I appreciate people doubling down even more. Like if Woj would have came out and been like, I don't think I'm wrong, he can go fuck himself. I'd be like, all right, dude, he can go I'd fuck like, himself. Then. I beg, I don't agree, <laughs> Woj, but I appreciate that you uh, have a position. You stand for it. <laughs> all right. So uh, now that Woj and Raheem Moster are sitting at the fine and cut him Valhalla Hall. Uh, we mentioned the run for it EP uh, charity event that we did earlier. So we raised a total of $760 that was split between two nonprofit organizations and a total of 239.7 miles were run. 14 people completed the 5k and 14 and 15 people completed the half marathon. That's pretty good. Yep, so 29 participants, 239.7 miles, and $760. I'd say that's a pretty successful uh, little virtual half marathon there. Yeah. All right, so what was the uh, trivia answer? Give us us the goods. So we asked you you at the beginning of the show, which NFL player has made the most money from con... Jesus. You cannot say that word. I cannot say that word today. Which NFL player has made the most money from contract salary alone there it is ladies and gentlemen he's done it (laughs) he said it (laughs) i said these i said the players on this list that i saw all came from the same position jermaine do you have any guesses you said michael strahan it's not michael strahan 
I, I disagree. His contract with Good Morning America and uh, and his when he replaced Regis on Regis and Kelly. Kelly Ripper. <laughs> Kelly no, Ripper is a, is a little energized the bunny. I just do like you know, Michael Strahan. Do you know that my favorite Michael Strahan story is uh, he was trying to get the sack record and he missed it uh, by like a half sack or something. And his teammates said that the reason that you missed it is the quarterback on his blind side could hear the wind whistling through your gap, your gap teeth. <laughs> is that a real story? That's a real story. hundred percent. I think it was told by Justin Tuck. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. So it's not Michael Strahan. However, it is one of his teammates, Jermaine, oh, Eli man. Manning, EFM, has made $252 million from contract salary alone. Now, I will say this. This answer will become uh, false as 2020 moves on, as Drew Brees and and Tom Brady, because of their new deals or because of their deals, will pass uh, Eli Manning. But for right now, Eli Manning has made the most money from contract salary alone. Who's number two? Uh, PFM. <laughs> you know what the F stands for. Yeah. Peyton, Peyton Manning's number two. Peyton Manning's two. He's made two. He's made just under uh, two hundred eighty-nine million. So he was he was the second of the two to win two Super Bowls, and he's second in money earned on contracts from the NFL. Peyton Manning, how does it how does it feel to be second best in the Manning household? Well, third best. Well, third best because you got Archie, or fourth best because you got Archie and Cooper. Is Cooper the, the his Archie's grandson? Uh no, Cooper's the Cooper's the third, third brother, brother. Who they said was who they said was better. You know, they always say, "Oh, he was better than both of us." It's like, well, I mean, that would what be happened? pretty impressive. He got a neck injury in high school. Oh, maybe he was better. Uh, one of one of the grandsons right now is on the up and up. Yeah, he's, he's, he's like supposed to be really good, right? Like really good, yeah. And then Deion Sanders' son is not not related, but Deion Sanders' son was working with Tom Brady the other day. We got some. We got it's like a uh, Vlad Junior. and uh, and that's right, Tatis Junior. in MLB. So Eli Manning, I would have never got that question. The right. son, so the son of the. Th- the son of Cooper, Cooper's son, is Arch Manning, and he started as a freshman in high school. Well, I'd hope so. If you're going to be a top, you know, recruit, you should definitely start. Yeah, and he oh. and he's six foot one sixty. He's got to grow a little bit more. He's still a freshman, though. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's got time. Six foot at a freshman. Yeah, he's going to get at least one or two more inches. You know, at the least, I hope. But uh, well, that's it. That's it for the pod. Yeah, short pod. I I, I like this new setup, Jermaine. Hopefully, let us know what you guys think about the new setup. Obviously, uh, shout us out on social media like you've been doing. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening and 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 tuning in and giving us your feedback. And I hope yeah. you. Uh, I, I wish you guys the best of luck this weekend with our picks and whatever picks you decide to make on the UFC. So I'll. Uh, I I can't stress this enough, guys. Fade us. <laughs> fade us until you don't, and then why did you fade us? Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Podcast Room 303. Uh, that's it for your boy, Jermaine. Have a great weekend. Late. I'll talk to you on Monday, Jermaine.
Bye, everybody.